Hey everyone, it's Pastor Justin. I just want to thank you for checking out the 242 Young Adults podcast. We're going to be continuing our series on conversations with Jesus. We're going into uh, Redefining Our Father, uh, part two. Last meeting, we read verse one of Matthew chapter six, verse nine, and realized that when we pray, we need to remember the relationship God has given us through Christ. We can call him our father. We need to declare the greatness of God. God is big. Do not confine him. Do not keep him in a, in a box because the impossible is possible with God. Uh, to approach God in prayer with reverence because of his holiness. And then to pray for your life, your actions, your thoughts, your words to reflect the holiness of God. So continuing where we left off, we're going to be uh, reading Matthew 6 verse 10 where it says, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to talk just a little bit about your kingdom come. You know, when we pray that, what do we mean by that? Are, are we praying for, for heaven to come on earth? Are we, are we praying for the return of, of Jesus? Are we praying for the world to look more like heaven? Uh, what was Jesus trying to teach his disciples? This study is all about learning to pray. Why should we even pray, your kingdom come? When you look at the word kingdom in this passage, it's defined as royal power, kingship, dominion, or rule. What I find interesting is that in the definition it says not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or the authority to rule over a kingdom. So if you were a CEO of your own company, you could make changes to that company and you could exercise the authority as CEO of that company. With that in mind, this word kingdom speaks of the royal power of Jesus as the triumphant Messiah. He overcame sin on a daily basis. He healed the sick, the lame, the blind, the possessed, the dead. He had authority over nature, human disease, death, and conquered sin by resurrection. That's the authority that this word conveys. It's, it's the power to rule over something. The dominion to rule over a kingdom. Not a necessary kingdom, but that authority to rule. What I love about this word is that it also refers to the believer in Christ. This word kingdom can refer to the royal power and dignity conferred on Christians in the Messiah's kingdom. The word conferred means to bestow upon as a gift. Think about this. Christ has given us, he has bestowed upon us, he has given us a gift of power and dignity. Dignity, that means worth. He has given us power and worth. John 14, 12 says, Those who believe in Christ will do greater things than Jesus did. When we pray for God's kingdom to come, in essence, we are praying that the authority of God to overcome sin on a daily basis through salvation and sanctification, we're praying that that authority given to us from Christ would be exercised 
in our life. When we pray, your kingdom come, we're praying, God, may your authority given to me to overcome sin, to overcome those things that I face on a daily basis. May God, you give me that authority, and may I walk in it. It also talks about the authority to walk in the miraculous, to do even greater things than when Jesus did in his own ministry, to heal the sick, to heal the lame, to see the blind restored, the possessed delivered, to see the dead rise, to have authority over human disease. These are the things that God has given to us. He has given us the authority to speak to sickness, to be healed. When we pray your kingdom come, we're praying, God, help me to walk in the authority that you have given me as a believer in Christ. And we're asking for all of those things to come. And that word come is very interesting because it can be defined in a couple different stages. Something is revealed, yes, something arrives, something shows itself, but it also becomes known. And then from becoming known, what is known influences. I could liken it to, uh, to sports. As some of you know, I'm, I'm a big Denver Broncos fan. And uh, we've just acquired a new quarterback a couple years ago, Peyton Manning, a Hall of Famer quarterback. Because Peyton Manning just didn't just show up in Denver and then all of a sudden things changed. He didn't just come to Denver and, and boom, Super Bowl rings for everybody. He showed up in Denver and he had to become known. All right, his arrival wasn't the thing that brought this incredible change. But first, he came. Then he needed to establish some sort of connection with his receivers, connection with the offensive line, the running backs. He didn't just arrive. He started to become known amongst the players. And then that's where you begin to see the change. I mean, they've been a playoff team for two years straight. They just made a run at the Super Bowl. But in the same way... That's how it is for us in our lives. For you in, in your job, whether you're in college, whether you're among friends or family, your job is not just to arrive as a believer in Christ. Your job is to become known. For what you believe in to become known amongst your coworkers, amongst your college friends, amongst your family and, and your friends maybe from home. And then from that, there needs to be an influence that takes place. If you're being influenced by your surroundings, then you need to change your surroundings. As a believer in Christ, it's, it's your responsibility to be the influence. So how do I relate this to prayer, you might be asking. When we pray, we need to pray that the authority of Christ to, to overcome sin, to walk in the miraculous, would not only be seen, but it would be known and as a result of that, people would be influenced. We pray for his kingdom to come. And now let's continue on. To your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray your will be done, what do we mean by that? Are we praying for what God wants for our lives? Uh, are we praying for, for us to follow what God wants? You know, I've seen a trend that has been very prevalent. You know, at college or in our career stage, we begin asking, what is God's will? And Relevant Magazine put out an article. It was very interesting. Uh, it discussed how we treat God's will as if it's lost. 
and we have to create different methods uh, to find it. I don't know if you're like me, but there were times in my life uh, where when I wanted to know the will of God, I would close my eyes, I'd open my Bible, and I'd flip the pages and, and point my finger somewhere. If I didn't like the answer, I'd just repeat it until, until I found the right answer that I liked. Uh, we also look for God's will in, in some sort of miraculous sign, uh, you know, for someone to come up and say, you know, God put it on my heart that you need to go to Mexico to be a missionary. And you're like, God, that's what I was praying about. Or the fleece method. Just, you know, we read scripture, we say, well, God, if you say yes to this, then make sure that this person says this to me. And if you say no to this, make sure that you do this or do that. We're trying to decipher the will of God, but doesn't it just feel like you're trapping yourself. We treat God's will as if it's something that he has hidden from us and we will not be able to find his will unless we become holy enough to discover it. This leads us on this chase after the will of God. Also, it leads us to worry. We're so concerned about whether we're walking out in the will of God that we're scared to move anywhere. We view God's will as this winding path that we can try to stay on as best as we can, but most likely we're going to fall off of it. That doesn't sound like freedom to me. Can I tell you, God's will is found in His Word. Have we overcomplicated God's will? And, and this is what I firmly believe is God's will for our lives. We can't pray your will be done if we don't know what his will is for our lives. And I believe that God's will for every one of us is very simple. It's to love God, to love people, and to make disciples. When we say love God, it's through obedience to his word, time spent in worship, prayer, basically having a relationship and a love, a deep love for God. Matthew 22, 37 and 38. When asked what are the greatest commandments, what is the greatest commandment, Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, he follows up with, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The second thing is, love God and love people. And lastly, in Matthew 28, Jesus says, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. In essence, God's will for you is to live in love with Him, to strive to be more like Him, and to love others by sharing the gospel. Now, whatever career, whatever college, whatever place you decide to be, maybe in ministry, if you are walking out loving God, loving people, and making disciples on a daily basis, you are walking in the will of God. And we'll conclude with the last portion of, of this verse, on earth as it is in heaven. You see, God's will is not something that we have to search for. He's provided His will so clearly in His Word. 
And it's up to us to align our lives with the Word of God. That's what on earth as it is in heaven means. Our prayer is to align with God's will, to align perfectly with God. At this moment, at this moment, all of heaven is aligned perfectly with God's will. There is perfect love for God, for people. There is perfect obedience. There is perfect worship, selfless worship, selfless living. When we pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are praying for our love for God to be like the love for God in heaven, selfless and pure. For our worship of God to be like the worship in heaven, motivated by our love, our obedience to God to be like the obedience in heaven, our desires for our relationship with Him to be like it is in heaven, perfect. We'll conclude there, and we'll continue on part three of this series, talking about uh, our daily bread and forgiveness and then deliverance from the evil one. Looking forward to it. We'll catch you guys next time.